Welcome to the Kyber Pass Podcast. Bringing in you conversations with improvising musicians. In this episode, we welcome Patrick Marshke, percussionist. Played a show at the Kyber Pass Thursday night music series last week. I sat down with him prior to his performance. I'm your host, Paul Metzger. This podcast is brought to everyone through the generous support of the Kyber Pass Cafe. Voted the number one Middle Eastern restaurant in the Twin Cities. I've recorded a short excerpt of Patrick's performance. That will be followed by the interview. My hope is that you'll enjoy listening and perhaps gain some small insight into the art of improvisation. Thank you. 
So, uh, Patrick, and then your last name. I, I can't pronounce people's last names. <laughs> now, is yours difficult for people because I can't even get to it? Yeah, it's all I've ever known. So uh, it's M. Marsh Key. Marsh Key. Marsh Key. That's easy, man. German. There are two words. Yep. It's all the consonants, though, kind of yeah. trip people up. Uh, and I had spent, you know from ages two to five a lot of mnemonic devices to figure out the order because it seems oh, right. arbitrary it does so i always had like i almost thought of it as like sculpturally like there's the r and then the s gets tucked into the mm -hmm. r and the c is protecting so i had all this like you narrative. had a little thing and i still did. remember it which is incredible that that's how so our brains when you, work when you sign your name or do you think is it always like is that deep in you like i still use it especially the r and the s it's kind of a funny yeah. like the S always comes first yeah it doesn't um, look like Marshkey yeah I think I've and then I've heard a lot of versions of it from, oh you've heard other pronunciations well just people tr trying oh, it they're trying. just going for it you mm -hmm. know and I'm very supportive of not right. going for it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Marshkey Marshkey and then the German pronunciation is Marshka okay which that one makes a little less sense but that's the German now, the German way what is the translation to it I you don't know. know. No. I don't, I'm just I, like I know some bit of German, and it doesn't look like or it's probably like a region, mm. or like a there's an actor named Patrick Marshke in Germany. I should call him. Call him up maybe yeah. now. <laughs> He's a. If it's, it's probably convenient. a different. It's like seven hours ahead, eight hours ahead. Yeah. He's, hopefully he's asleep. I think about him a lot, and I hope he sleeps well. Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> the Germans know how to do it. Yeah. Because they always have that, like, they love down, all the eider downs and the whatnots and the open windows. Heavy and, food. Yeah. they're just gonna, asking for a nap. They're just going to tuck in to potatoes. They love sauerkraut. A good ferment. So I they probably have healthy microbiomes. Yeah, I can't get near that stuff. Yeah? Yeah. Is the taste or the yeah, texture? Yeah, everything about it. Everything. It's I was never into... I grew up not... I basically grew up as a, like... Ketchup was, like, <laughs> a little too out for me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, in... You know, I went to liberal arts college. Now I like fermented food. Oh, right. Yeah. All that crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good kombucha. Mm-hmm. So, for you, musician, right? Now, you're percussionist primarily or is that are you because i don't know that i've seen you play sure but i may have yeah uh, but yeah i uh i studied percussion mm -hmm. um percussion drums were my first instruments and then mm -hmm. kind Me of too by the way oh cool mm -hmm. i guess i never realized that i've seen you play a lot of different things but yeah but you don't shred but your son shreds on he's the drums. a badass yeah. yeah i saw that yeah. The the family band was very, mm -hmm. very cool. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I drums were my first thing. I had a really cool uncle who had, you know, he just like had his studio. He was like kind of into blues and kind of oh, rock stuff, yeah, and yeah. he he had a band and um, was in a fortunate enough place that he could kind of like have a studio. And uh, I remember seeing it and just being able to sit down at the drums, and he was so enthusiastic and supportive that mm-hmm. I was able to just sit down and um, like fifth grade. 10, like I was 10 or 11 and just felt like a really intuitive relationship to drums. And, okay, so you're, what is that, it's elementary school? It's, yeah, yeah, you're right before junior high. Yeah, man. And they, and it's so systematized now and I was very much a part of that, like, you're in band and then yeah. you're in high school, you like do marching band. And yeah. Then, and then you're the, you're the kid that like the you get build a relationship with the band director and you're kind of the guy that ends up hanging out in the band room all the time and oh you were that kind of guy you like get lunch to practice yeah. yeah and then it's like you you get a talk at some point it's like hey if you want to do this you should maybe go to school which mm-hmm. I now have a lot of opinions about but well let's def- just dip right to that yeah so I have a I have a really d- deep history with so I studied uh, at Lawrence University in Wisconsin I studied basically classical percussion, but was coming more from a drum set background. Like I was really into jazz and okay. um, was lucky to be exposed to like a lot of really great music while mm-hmm. I was in junior high and mm-hmm. high school, but definitely like suburban kid in jazz band. And mm-hmm. I'm like fully aware of that, that trope. Um, mm-hmm. and that really it's a trajectory, right? Like you go to all these weird competitions where it's like really like stiff yeah. arrangements and then like there's like a trombone player taking a solo and it yeah you know and it, it's so confusing <laughs> because you have i had a really visceral relationship with music and grew up with cds which you know maybe i'm dating myself now <laughs> it's kind of a it's just a funny thing now that like i would listen to the same cd over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again and yeah that relationship to that music i never felt that now looking back it's like i never really felt that in a lot of the systematized music things but it's all you had right so i would practice a lot i wanted to be good i was like very good at like perceiving the system and just like knowing like what the next thing to to do even though i'm like a first i'm a first generation neither of my parents finished college and really Mm -hmm. only had like one year of college so but now when you're saying like uh so high school was that was a big focus for you. You were all banned. It was my cat. entire identity. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this on that. Are you that the drummer guy walking around high school with sticks in your back pocket? No, Just, no. No, you can admit it though. It's okay. No, this I is never a safe place for that. Yeah, I and I was I was really lucky to be like I I had a drum teacher that turned me on to you know Miles Davis when I was in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and like the first Miles Davis I heard was the like. Tony Williams band and then hearing oh. Tony Williams as a dr- like as a drummer I was like what the hell yeah. is going on yeah. um, so I kind of had a sense of like I like this the stuff that's pushing on the edges yeah and kind of I don't even know how but like because it was like I was part of the generation that like iTunes you could go and discover music yeah and like you had to buy it, you couldn't stream it, mm-hmm. or, yeah. or you figure out how to pirate it, which uh-huh. was like another fun thing. But mm-hmm. um, the the act of music discovery was like so 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 important to me that like I wasn't like a drummer to be a drummer. I okay. was like I'm a musician and I happen to play oh, drums, okay. and I'm like I found Gorski and like Kronos Quartet weird recordings and. Um, started getting simultaneously into kind of like contemporary classical music Mm -hmm. and my brain didn't really see it as that much different I was just like exploring and then at the same time actually part of the reason that I even live here is that I got obsessed with the Twin Cities jazz scene for whatever reason kind of I mean drummer geek wise so you're you're coming from some somewhere else I come from Chicago yeah yeah okay I got to cover that part but but yeah like hearing Dave King Mm-hmm. when I was in high school it was a really similar feeling to hearing Tony Williams mm-hmm. which um, he's still alive and he's here and you interviewed uh-huh. him and like, I have yeah um, and I've hung and talked to him and um, seen him play a lot too and he's like a human but um, but yeah like hearing that really early Happy Apple mm-hmm. and Fat Kid 
I actually have a funny story about this building. I, I moved here four years ago from Wisconsin okay. and drove over with the, I think it was like a U-Haul trailer. So I had to drop it off at a U-Haul spot, <laughs> right? And like yeah. the weird logistics of that on a yeah. weekend or something like that. I ended up, the only place that I could drop it off was over here in St. Paul. Okay. And me and my partner at the time were looking for somewhere to eat. And we're like, Kyber Pass, that sounds good, Afghani food, hell yeah. And we show up, and then, you know, I had kind of moved here because I love the music scene, mm -hmm. and I had friends that had moved here by that point, and, and then I come to this restaurant, I'm super exhausted because I've been moving yeah. across, and then I go to the bathroom, there's a fat kid poster in there, yeah. and I was like, I'm, like, sir, like, why, like, yeah. why is that poster in there? Who are you? And yeah, then no kidding. he's like, oh, and then I heard about Radio Duende, and like, yeah. so this is actually the first... It's so crazy that this is the first place that I even really walked into. And then oh, all the music, and dang, it was, man. I think the music had been going for like a year or so at that point, four years ago. Okay, yeah, um, sounds about right. So then, like, realizing it's like, oh, music happens here, and then it's like, oh, shit, it's all the people that I love. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then kind of falling into the, essentially, the, the like, Six Families community mm -hmm. through some, like, peers of kind of my generation of musicians were all kind of mingling around that and then they were really welcoming and kind of yeah to what get little close. i know of that social construct yeah uh probably see it here I've, yeah i've just seen see. some yeah. folks coming in and i've hung with noah yep and the vibe is just always good mm -hmm. it's some weird thing that happened mostly centered at the u i think because i asked noah about it and, yeah and because it's not normal and then and just everybody seemed to be in a good space i think we were all really attached around you know not necessarily like i mean we all idolize adam lens and, and you and no, please. um all the, the musicians that have been doing stuff here and kind of hearing that like like you know all this stuff started in basements yeah right like happy apple was in a basement mm -hmm. and they were playing diy shows and then yeah but then we kind of see this other side of it where they you know they all got their legs and have careers and yeah and they just be like well like if they did it in a basement like what can we do in a basement yeah and um just like really accepting and curious music culture where yeah. we've never really kind of like delineated between like what you're supposed to listen to or not supposed to listen mm -hmm. to and mm -hmm. just being able to like sincerely trust in someone's opinion and uh -huh. then know that you can like Maybe not love something as much as them, but that you know about it mm -hmm. is really important and cool. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, so I got off topic from high school because mm -hmm. you asked if basically trying to tell you that I was cooler than a kid with <laughs> drumsticks in my back pocket. I just um, remember that when I was in high school, seeing that and I thought... It was, it was more about the work to me. Like I was uh -huh. really obsessed with practicing mm -hmm. and, but then also coming from like nobody in my family besides my cool uncle is a musician mm -hmm. um and then really having to like figure that all out so for practicing own. for you uh were you the kind of player that was always like running the rudiments and refining like the those basic parts you know because i know a few drummers like that's a super big deal to them is the, the rudiments. Yeah. Was it like I that, think, or like, was it just you wanted to play and you would... I was pretty geeky about, like, technique and mm -hmm. um, grew up with the internet where we could, like, drummerworld.com still yeah. exists. It was yeah. before YouTube, which mm -hmm. is really crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. To think about that, like... But then they had, like, this... It was, like, the list of drummers, mm -hmm. like, which is so funny that you could just have, like, well, that's all the drummers on the left there. Yeah. Um, and then being <laughs> able to funny. go through and kind of be, like, what, who, I don't, it's it's a funny thing about drum culture where you can kind of, like, be into a drummer without necessarily being into the bands they play in. That's so true. I, it probably happens with guitar and other things, but but it's, yeah, like, it with can. the drummer, there's, like, the, like, modern drummer is a magazine, and uh -huh. you could, you know, I would, I was really into those, like buying those magazines and like checking it out and reading checking the out who's playing. And I didn't know who the drummer was, and kind of looking back, it's like you don't really like 
what is quality with something subjective as subjective as music, but, but is you're it these so people being pestilized. Though? I mean, just saying, because... So drumming is, is a thing I'm really attracted to in the way that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there are people... I mean, obviously, like John Bonham and Bruford, these are two cats, man, that... It's inexplicable how great they are, to, you know, for me. And, and a ton of other people in that in that kind of category where it's I just think it's a it's objective truth yeah <laughs> well and I think the fact but that maybe it can I'm feel, wrong on that you but know, I but, think the fact that it can feel like physics like it can feel like a hard science is like the most beautiful that's why we're attracted to it because if it was like if it was a hundred percent measurable, I don't think we would love those artists as much either, right? Like Maybe if you could so. say like, like oh, like, like if it's like almost like a sport, like Olympics, it's like well they just like really worked on technique and like yeah. nailed it. There's something kind of like squeaky in between all those parts that about music. There's absolutely the no offense that... to Olympic athletes. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I want to offend them. <laughs> we should just let them use steroids and then see what happens, yeah. you know? Like, why are we constraining them? Then I might be more <laughs> interested, <laughs> you know? Uh, but the the unknowable, the sort of it factor, you know, like, that you can't know about. I mean, without that, there's just nothing. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean like... I just call it soul. Yeah, yeah. You got your, you got groove. You got pocket. You got all these <laughs> words that, like, the, even the word yeah. jazz, which is such a, I think, coming out of kind of to tie it back to that idea of like this trajectory that we're set on as like middle class musicians, suburb middle class suburban musicians. I feel like that's a whole category of people. Really, I see. Um, I don't know about it, but that's good. You've seen it though. It's like the the people that show up I don't know it's so hard to say it without like being vibey or judgy but um, (laughs) I think I'm really interested in things that push boundaries and there are some some scenes and uh, folks that are more about preserving something or I know that I know what you're talking about now there are there can be a mindset with jazz that is that kills jazz or it in already my did. opinion, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it already did, and I think a lot of that gets reinforced with how powerful that Marsalis guy is, and he kills. He's a he's a, a killer of that. For me, if anybody were to listen to what he says, it's so much the death of a beautiful thing. But I think you can li- there you can listen to I think there are people that listen to that music and feel what I feel about the music that I love. Absolutely, and I always try and acknowledge that. That's um, the good thing. But yeah. I'm, but I think that uh, if you look at the trajectory of uh, creative music history, there is he was part of a trend. Yeah, that you can look at and understand. And, and I mean, as far as that goes, I mean, it's it's never, in my opinion, I'll just say never because I like, yeah, uh, it's never the right choice to choose stagnation and perfection. This is what it is, and this is all it is, and this don't fuck with it. That's just a dead end for me, you know. And I think that's where that cat is. Like, let's keep it like this, and anything else is some other thing. It just has a fascist vibe to it, and I just... It's one of my pet peeves. People that do that, because there's an implication on what the other should be doing. Well, and then you see some of the side effects of that mentality is, like, how many women are playing in that band? Well, God damn it! What is like, that all about? Yeah, like so. So, and then, are you just using this idea of you have the 
a hundred percent perfect understanding of a medium so you are all of a sudden the arbiter of the medium yeah but then like are you just kind of using that to i don't know the politics of the situation but it's just so easy to see like personal bias just like injected (laughs) into something that's being presented as a yeah like uh, like it's not physics in that regard, right? Like yeah. it's not a hard science, but, but they want to codify it and they want to make it like classical music, which is also for, for real different reasons. <laughs> and this is shitty to say, which is also dead in that. Like after I, World I, War Two, man. They, I think the, there's nothing wrong with saying that art form is dead. If you're, my case for it is like it was. I think there are people that were part of it when it was happening that could say it's dead, but then a bunch of other people tried to keep it alive, <laughs> and that's where the that's where the kind of toxic part comes. And then that's and then you right. all of a sudden have like a formaldehyded like weird kind of like the eyeballs popping out thing, Dude. and then and then you're like, why doesn't anybody like my like formaldehyded like weird eyeball popping out thing? And then it's like, well. Yeah. That's not like you're preserve like the act of pre- there's beautiful ways to preserve things, right? Mm-hmm. And you can preserve things by letting them die. That's right. And death yeah. is like a very organic process and and I think yeah. even within communities like mm-hmm. you know, six families technically isn't what it was when I moved here. I'm sure, yeah. Right? So yeah. um but it doesn't mean that the legacy of that and people still ask about it and say like yeah. what's what's the next six families thing? And it's yeah. just like Everything that anybody that had ever been involved in that thing, mm-hmm. that's the next six families thing. Mm-hmm. We just don't, people don't call it that. People don't think of that. And yeah. Um, and maybe there'll be a different one. And I'm really excited. Like, I've lived here long enough now where there's a bunch of younger people moving here and leaving, getting out of school and showing up here. And Living things evolve <laughs> and change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, that's off of... Uh, kind of where I want to head that's a, like I have little rants and shit that I can sure. do two or three weeks on oh, that's one of them and uh, and it's very complicated and nuanced and I just simplify it and say things that are probably offensive uh, but a question okay so you decided to go to Lawrence which is a music college yeah, and there's a conservatory. It's mm-hmm. a liberal arts school with a conservatory. Right. So, so it's you cool went in that for I could classical percussion. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like like signing a classical contract or anything like that. But right. the the professor there was very much of like you need to be well versed in everything. Yeah. And prop- the reason I would call it a c- classical conservatory is I had the least. I had a lot of growth needed in the kind of more classical uh-huh. percussion side. So I ended up spending a lot of time on that. Um, was lucky enough to work a lot with the jazz department as mm-hmm. well. There's a really great improviser there named Matt Turner. He's a cellist okay. mm-hmm. um, who actually, when I kind of look back at the entire experience, there is a group called Igloo, which is the improvisational group of Lawrence University. Met oh. every Monday for like, two or three hours, mm-hmm. large group improvisation, oh. which is a very specific thing, as <laughs> yeah. you know. But also, like, <laughs> Matt Turner was so good pedagogically in that things would be bro- broken down into smaller groups and instrumentation and saying, like, okay, like, if you think free music is this or if you think improvised music is this, we're going to do the opposite today. Yeah. Because it really is that big and that expansive and that's right on yeah yeah so i was really i stuck was in that group even though it was like you're stressed and it's an extracurricular and yeah um but really realizing that like all the lessons of music can be discovered through the act of just trying to create music with somebody without any rules it's so huge Um, yeah and then like really like appreciating the rules Mm -hmm. and then like like you can learn about Bach and Wynton Marsalis and all these other things through this lens of like, okay, like we're just going to try and like create something close to that. And what are the difficulties of that? And, um, and then realizing like starting and ending or like in, you know, in talking about death is an important thing. Like ending Uh is the hardest thing. 
in and, music yeah, in so really many ways. Can be, um, yeah. Um, but unless you're with somebody be, that it's easy, but <laughs> the, yeah, the bigger the group, then it just becomes like Jonestown. Like yeah. <laughs> you have to all kind of decide like, all right, are we taking the pill? Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> so yeah, I fucked up, but I hear what you mean. Yeah. I mean, so beginnings and endings and, and then yeah. trying to like be curious mm -hmm. and just realize like how it's so easy for us as humans to kind of want to fully understand something. And yeah. in a conservatory, you're spending so much of your time being like, I'm going to like be so good at pianis pianissimo snare rolls. Like, yeah. And then, you know, in leaving... How beautiful are those, though? I, I can't even begin. Especially in the right room. Oh, man, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And it's hands. Oh, it's hands and sticks. Stop and, me. Yeah. yeah. Membranes I mean, and snares. And it's, it's like you could fucking get that together on a, a walk. Whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, so I can... So you're uh, able to, it's in it, you know, looking back, it's like, I, I look back a lot and I'm just like, I had so much time and I like was able to like focus so hard on this thing. That's, that's right. It's on. really beautiful and cool. But then also being like, like, I don't want to play standards, but they keep making me. Yeah. Um, and I don't give a fuck about marimba, mm -hmm. but I spend most of my time on marimba because it's my professor has a really high standard for it and i need yeah. to pass this test yeah. this test yeah. this music test i hear you man at yeah. the end of the thing so after graduating also will acknowledge that the liberal arts component of and being able to take liberal arts classes during right. it was huge for me yeah um and like taking like a russian lit class while mm -hmm. i'm doing all this other stuff it's just mm -hmm. like it, it all felt related and it mm -hmm. all felt like the same thing and very big proponent of that kind of mentality but yeah so leaving school and then having to you know i was not really in a place to like go do the master's program which is now essentially like expected which is so strange and so weird and oh it's sort of assumed sometimes yeah weird. yeah which is yeah go spend more money um yeah. or like you're good enough to get in but you're never it's never free and i think that's yeah um, yeah, yeah. So, like you gotta go live somewhere and you gotta go yeah yeah um, but at the same time like you're saying like it's such a privilege to be able to focus your whole shit yeah on, on that I mean it's re I think it's a really cool part that some people get to do I mean it's and I have such a complex an, relationship astounding. with it now mm-hmm um, added complexity in that I worked for Lawrence for two years as a conservatory admissions counselor. Okay. So basically talking to all these like 16, 17, 18 year olds about like, okay, do you want to go to Lawrence? Do you want to go to music school? Here's all the information you need. Yeah. And saying, and then very, very fortunate that I was able to like get a job, a full-time salary job out of college and mm -hmm. learned a lot and did a lot. And yeah. Appleton is Appleton, Wisconsin was kind of tough as like a younger person that was interested in music because uh -huh. it's a small college town. And um, so then kind of came over here. And uh, but yeah, so during that time when I was out of school, it's like, well, I'm in the quote unquote real world now. And like I have a job, which is great. And I'm trying to get better at just doing my job. But then just this conflicting thing of like I was in this like liberal arts bubble. Yeah. This conservatory bubble oh. where and then trying to see the real world. And then also like at the same time having to sell those things. You're in a bubble in a bubble. Yeah. Reaching out to the other bubble that is yep. like a high school kids bubble. And so it's very, very hermetic and confusing yeah, yeah. and conflicting and then trying that. to and then kind of trying to deal with the emotional trauma of music school, which is saying you loved this thing. Yeah. And then you got a little bit whipped around that thing. Like there's trauma around yeah. that thing. Mm. And then saying like, OK, like what is my relationship to music going to be? Yeah. Um, having to like figure out how to not feel bad for not practicing mm -hmm. was like a huge huge thing mm -hmm. yeah which, um because you get this mentality of like if it's not four hours it's nothing and like yeah, i'm gonna lose my hands yeah and it's like Shit. what does that even mean uh -huh. and like what are you doing this for so 
in that kind of like period of trying to evaluate what music was, I ended up getting really interested. I had always thought like I'm a drummer. I only do drum stuff. And there was the mm -hmm. composers on campus, and there was yeah. these um, classes that you could I could have taken about music technology and and sure. kind of all the things that come along with that. Mm -hmm. And then realizing afterwards, like oh, like I can learn that if I want to. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then kind of being like, all right, like I'm gonna dig into that. And then was like had the time. Mm -hmm. It's like not much going on in Appleton, and was able to basically teach myself. Um, Max MSP, which is a programming language of sorts for um, basically digital sounds, signal I, I know processing. That, I know that software, it's, it seems to be the preferred thing coming out, people that come out of university music programs. Mm -hmm. and You don't have to be a computer science person to get into it, but it mm -hmm. has that depth of like, we yeah. can get way at the bottom yeah. and figure it out. And the way that I always describe it is like, it's like you can build any guitar pedal you mm -hmm. never wanted and you can make the knobs go from negative infinity yeah. to positive infinity yeah because you control all the parameters you yeah. control what plugs into what mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're realizing like whoa like delay is not just delay yeah delay can be a whole entire lifelong practice yeah of like i'm gonna like think of all the different ways that the impractical ways to use delay the yeah. practical ways to think of delay the um and the way, just like the almost like in in conservatory, you have something called oral skills, which is like I want to be able to hear like uh, like Bach and be able to say what the chords are as they go. Oh, by. okay. So yeah. it's like ear training. Yeah. Um, you can have an ear training for every aspect of music, and then realizing like how bad conservatory is at like teaching you like here's what like a nicely compressed thing sounds like. Oh. And yeah. like, here's what a good reverb sounds like, and yeah. here's what filters do, and here's what mm -hmm. e EQ does, and mm -hmm. um, kind of being able to like, and then you know, there's so much shit on the internet you can just teach yourself, and like, yeah. I felt like a like a fucking idiot for three years, yeah. right? Like I'm like, no, this is dumb. I'm bad at this. It's terrible. And then yeah. being able to show it to other people, and them being like, whoa, that's like whatever you're doing is really cool. Yeah. And being taking all the lessons that I took from improvised music specifically and saying, mm -hmm. like, not to get dark on any music community ever, I hear you, but, man, but, but saying, like, there's some computer music stuff that I don't hear anyone listening, mm. you know? Like, I want to be able to explore the lessons from improvised music and say, like, what does it mean to create a system in a computer that mm -hmm. I can interact with in the same way that I interact with a human, mm -hmm. it'll surprise me, it'll piss me off, it'll do something really dumb at the wrong mm -hmm. time, it won't even turn on <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but that you can have like a really complicated relationship with a system that you designed and leaving chaos and randomness in it. That's the, that's, that's the tricky, cool shit is, is, and I mean, I've seen people doing things like that with, computer language and Arduino mm -hmm. which I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it but like a, you know, sort of like this robotic physical thing that can happen and doing drum stuff yeah with that and it was here it would hear what you would do and then react to it and then you could uh, I was just transfixed by that and I think when I you was. have an improviser's ear mm-hmm the what I mean there's so many different ways to listen to music but like sure. when I'm watching a group and I know that they're generally kind of either free or structured improvisation mm -hmm. it's like I'm trying to hear how their ears are hearing each other mm -hmm. um, and the the beautiful sophisticated mature ways that you can react to something without like trying to like jump on someone's train like oh, the you, don't, you don't have to jump on anyone's train you no. probably shouldn't jump on their train no um, <laughs> so being able to hear that have that type of ear with a system that you build and um but yeah so i think that's a cool pursuit i mean personally i'm not in that realm and through perform my performing and being around people that do shit i haven't heard anything that caught me mm -hmm. but the idea caught me 
Right. I don't know what that means, but maybe they're just it just hasn't been around enough yeah. for it to get in the hands of certain kinds of cats yeah. or something. I don't know what well, the deal is. What's been really cool is like people like Noah and Cole mm-hmm. and a lot of friends have kind of realizing the kind of potential of these systems and then also being able to like I've been building systems for other people which mm-hmm. is like a really beautiful relationship you can have and you almost get into like engineer brain where you're like oh, I'm gonna build man. you this beautiful machine yeah, and it's instrument are. building which I like you think a lot about right yeah I spend a lot of time in that room so it's like okay like what is it what defines an instrument mm-hmm. and what like when you're working with somebody like how do you get them to say what they want? Because they might not know what they want. And yeah, um, that gets into a language thing. Yeah, and how how of the failure, the failure, yeah. the failure of language. Yeah, to describe music, and I think, <laughs> of course, and that gets back to like the little stuff in between, right? Yeah. The, like if words because could describe it, we wouldn't like shit. it. That is the real shit, but I. I, I always, when I think about it, I always think about this uh, this score that I had, and then they had, uh, you know, they they have that little sort of like instruction at the beginning, like lively or yeah, some right. shit. It said with feeling. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do, man. I got hung up on that for a long time, really hung up. Yeah. And then. Uh, an early drum machine had a knob on it that had was called feeling. Whoa, are you kidding? Yeah, and it. You mean, you gotta, do you still have it? No, but <laughs> I, but what it would do is it would uh, like introduce. Yeah, it would just introduce error. Yeah, yeah. And it's called and, in in music tech. It's called humanization, which is so funny. Yeah. Um, I think like it, we need to make it more. This human. would this would have been like early '80s. Yeah. drum machine and uh, you so just cool. go I just want a little more feeling or sometimes you don't oh yeah right it's, like yeah you want that yeah you want so, it to crack yeah and and that's so and it's so beautiful what the beautiful thing about Maximus P is that those weird drum machines or whatever that mm-hmm. they were making in kind of like late 70s early mm-hmm. 80s into the 90s you know mm-hmm. they're making them Somebody had to prototype that, right? Somebody yeah. had to say, like, I need to decide where that knob, where where there's zero percent feeling and hundred percent feeling. Yeah. And then that's a completely arbitrary decision. Yeah. And in the same way that we explore our instruments and kind of see the full spectrum of possibility of like this instrument is not support and it gets back to classical music, right? Like mm-hmm the hard thing about marimba is that I was told to play it a really particular way. And maybe if I had discovered that instrument and saw mm-hmm. the full spectrum of possibility for that instrument, I wouldn't yeah. like kind of have like a very weird relationship with it now. But yeah. w- with Max basically being able to rapidly prototype ideas, yeah. try it out, see what works, and then mm-hmm. you're basically like fine-tuning in where you want those knobs to go yeah. with the full knowledge that that's just for you know my all the folders that I save stuff in are that gig that I'm playing because yeah. I know the next gig I want it to be a different parameters different yeah. zeros and ones and no um, are you are you bringing that this yeah. evening for yeah concert? so mm-hmm. um, Cole is doing his solo saxophone stuff which mm-hmm. he uses guitar pedals in a really unique yeah. way mm-hmm. I uh, haven't seen anyone else use it that way mm-hmm. um, and then as a transition I basically built a long delay mm-hmm. system for my partner Alana mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. performs with it just with her voice which mm-hmm. is really beautiful but it's it's one of those things that literally any input can go into it mm-hmm. and it creates this world of immersive sound mm. um, with kind of that Cole and I were just kind of messing around at our house and he really enjoyed and he's actually gonna I think one of the things that we ended up recording he might end up putting on his solo record oh right on um, and then I'm gonna use I'm gonna record whatever that is and then use that as the primary material for basically like a sampling based oh. set so oh, everything okay. tonight will be like 
Oh, that's tied together. That's part yeah. of a bigger picture. Yeah, and You're I think a big picture guy. I like the yeah. I like being able to uh, tie things together, and then mm -hmm. for people to be able to like, you have the knowledge that it's all the same source material, mm -hmm. and just seeing like the I love sampling just as it's like an idea and yeah. how expansive in de delay and reverb are just sampling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Um, and even if you're, if you have a reverb in a room, that's the room sampling you. Yeah, that's right. Right? Like that's. And it's some just... rooms are fuck you up from it. Yeah. Because right? yeah, I've, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I haven't messed with that software, uh, but I think I've messed with the idea, in that I usually, I'm not a pedal person, mm -hmm. because they're, for me. You know, they're, they're too canned. Yeah, they're restrictive. But they're too perfect. Like you yeah. can't fuck them up. And it's... But you can open them up, oh, and yeah. the circuitry is, you know, all the real shit happens in the integrated circuits and stuff. But you can change. There's all kinds of trim pots in there, and you can change out resistor values and solder in like a capacitor uh, to up a value. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to do shit that's not right. Yeah. And then it starts to make sounds that interest me. And that can be like, get me jacked up, you know? And using something in a, like, so my thing has been physical things. Yeah. You know, where I look at electronic boards and stuff as a physical thing mm. uh, to manipulate as well as actual physical shit and I think I'm gonna maybe spend some time looking into uh, your software that because I've heard enough cats that I dig monkeying with it that it and I've seen it yeah I was at a show where they projected it oh funny yeah yeah it was just fucking great yeah <laughs> it was so good because it's it's uh, it's just the right amount of nerdy yeah, it really is. I mean, there's nothing uh, fucked up about it. But, yeah, but it's still nerdy enough where you're like, ooh. Yeah, it's not a drummer walking around in high school with drumsticks <laughs> no. in their pocket. No, it's the kid that's practicing a little too much. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. that guy. It's the geek who just man. loves it, and like you can feel, you can smell the love. So. Yeah, and that's I call that is like a geek. Yeah, and endearing term. Yeah, endearing very term. much. Yeah. So I think we've reached uh, the end here. <coughs> yeah. For chatting, you are a very <coughs> pleasant conversationalist. Oh, thanks. You as well. I'm not really though, <laughs> but you're good at it, and I appreciate that. Thanks for sitting down and sharing a little bit of what your shit is, and I'm gonna hang and catch your set. Yeah, we gotta plug in a lot of Chief. stuff. Yeah, I'll let you go do it, man. <laughs> All right, thank you, Patrick. Yeah, of course. And there we have a glimpse into the realms of Patrick Marshke. As he sat down to share with me a bit of what goes into his art. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being one of the few interested in the somewhat obscure, the art of improvised music. The Kyber Pass podcast brings you weekly interviews and bits of performance 
from artists that have performed at the Kyber Pass Cafe Thursday Evening Music Series. Until next time, I am your host, Paul Metzger, signing off.